Bible says. What? The Bible says. What? What does this Bible say? What? Say what? Say what? What does the Bible say? The Bible says. What? Well, hey, 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 grace and peace. Welcome to the Bible Says What podcast. My name is Paul Desay, and I'm from Columbus, Indiana. Hey, and I am Pastor John from Centerville, Ohio. And man, we are happy to be here, aren't we, Pastor while, Paul? Man. It's been a while. <laughs> well, our listeners have no clue that it's been a while because right, they're right. just in this regular rotation of two weeks. Right. So, but yeah, Paul right. and I, hey, we haven't been back. It's been a couple weeks, hasn't it? Oh, my yeah, gosh. Almost get border on a month. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, we we are back together. We are working through the Lord's Prayer. Super excited about this conversation yes. with you, John. And uh, so today we are going to be digging into that first line, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, or whatever version. You hallowed. I like to say that. Hallowed. Holy be your name. <laughs> yeah. And we're stopping right there, right? Holy be your name. Yeah, that's the constitutes the first line. I like that. So, so, so last yeah. time on our intro, we talked about the primary purpose of prayer isn't to get God to do what we want Him to do, but the primary purpose of prayer is uh, to be formed, to be transformed, to become like Jesus. So we pray the Lord's prayer, this gift that's been given to us, and it's a way for us to be changed, to be the people He created us to be. So, pretty cool, huh? Yeah, I like to start, too, because I think there's some really profound reasons for the way that Jesus invites us to begin this prayer. But it's interesting that it begins with our Father. I wanted to kind of chat about that real quick, because us being three-in-one people who who try to get our heads wrapped around the idea of God being three and one, I do think it's interesting that it begins with our Father who art in heaven. Yeah? Yeah. 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 So we're going to talk about Father? Yeah, let's do that. I mean, it seems like a good place to start, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know if we wanted to start with our, but let's start. Yo, with I, you have you no, hold on a second. Hold the hold the phone. You have something profound to say about our? I do. Oh my gosh. Okay, bring it on, brother. This is Pastor Paul from Sandy Hook United Methodist Church. He was about to drop it like it. Well, no, but he's going to tell us something really cool. Our O oh. U our. Yeah, yeah. So the Lord's prayer is not. And this isn't profound, but this is just like, it's important to recognize it's not my father who art Ooh. in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. It's not um, my kingdom come, my will be done. It's, you know, everything's in the plural, our, forgive us, you know, it's all in the plural. So the prayer is meant to be prayed in community. Yeah. And that was on purpose. Jesus yeah, had absolutely. intention, right? And I think sometimes we lose this as Western, you know, modern people who really, uh, this past hundred years, evangelicalism has individualized faith so much. You know, we talk about our personal salvation, our personal relationship with Jesus. And while that is true, we have become somewhat disconnected from this communal reality, which was deeply rooted in a Hebrew Jewish understanding of faith and uh, their their you know, who they believe they were in relationship to God, which is vastly different from a lot of us and what we think, right? Yeah. And so every time we pray it, we're reminded that it's not about me. It's mm -hmm. about us. And I think we need to shift from me to we, you know, we need that shift. And the Lord's Prayer teaches us that. So remember, if the, if the primary purpose of prayer is formation, right, then as we pray, it, we're shifting from a me focus to a, a we focus, from me to us, you know, does that make sense? 
Oh, it's so beautiful and so needed in our, you know, church communities and in our relationship with God and one another. Uh, we get in a lot of trouble when we start with me, don't we? That's right. Although we like to write songs about it. Talk we about do. Me, talk about me. Yeah, well, I mean, even <laughs> even in the modern worship movement, right? Yes, and right. Yeah, the songs are all about me and 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 uh, my feelings and my stuff and and uh, says my God and and there's a place for that, right? But uh, the Bible kind of focuses more on us, and the prayer teaches us that. I tell you, I don't know. Some of my most powerful moments in worship um, are moments when I've been in a group of people that have prayed this together in unison. You know, it's kind of like when you hear the the voice of the church sing worship together too. There's something that happens when we unify together and, and you hear the voice of the community, I'm almost jealous, or I, I think I am a little jealous of the ancient world because for the ancient Hebrew person, the prayers were, you know, they were offered throughout their day together communally. You know, it was just a normal part of who they were as a people. And uh, I long for that. And I think people, you connect with moments like that where you hear the voice of one another. It's meant to be prayed in unison, to be heard in the community even. Uh, there's powerful, like, God moments there when we hear the voice of the church come together. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. We, we've been doing a lot of Zoom Bible studies during this pandemic, and we always close our Zoom studies with praying the Lord's Prayer in unison. Yeah. But if you've ever been in a group of people on Zoom, nobody's in unison. So it's everybody's on all different cadences and different the cacophony you know. of it is. But, but they love it. They love it. It's like this big mess of a prayer. But yet we're doing it together. It's kind of cool. Anyway. Yeah. So the, the next word is father. Right. So father. What do you think of when you hear father? Well, I, I'm thankful that I have a positive you know, reflection of that reality in my life. I think I've talked to a lot of people who they're thankful um, that God has given them different versions of himself to connect with. The Shack is a, a wonderful book that I know a lot of people, well, it, some people don't like it, but, but a lot of people love how the author of the book, The Shack, who's the author, by the way? I can't even put my brain uh, to the author of that book. Uh, William Young, I think. Yeah, you're the man. Anyway, he gives these, you know, starkly different pictures of Father uh, and Jesus, the Son, and the Spirit, and how we connect with either. But in my own life, my, I have a great example of Father. So when I think of Father, I do think of my dad. He was uh, a confident, honest presence, a loving presence, uh, encouraging me to life and uh, supporting me. So for me, it's that when I say our Father, uh, my dad has given me a great picture of what that looks like, and I'm thankful for it. Yeah, I got the same thing. My dad's awesome. Uh, great example for me. And then I think of myself as being a dad, mm -hmm. just like yourself, and the responsibility of what does it mean to be a dad and the love that we give to our kids. You know, all those images run through my mind. It's interesting that the word uh, for father in Aramaic, which is what would have been spoken in this prayer, is the word Abba. Oh, which yeah. Abba is not a stern disciplinarian. And my dad was that at times, right? Like a lot of dads, uh, the, the, the Abba is the, the Papa, right? The, yeah. the daddy kind of intimate kind of figure, you know, the one where you can jump into their lap and, and, uh, spend time with. And so Jesus is doing something incredibly revolutionary, uh, is using a very intimate word for father. 
uh, he could have used a different word. Um, so I think it was intentional uh, to communicate him int- intimacy. Yeah, and it wasn't by accident, right? I think no, it's a super important little tidbit to recognize that he could have used a different word. Um, I, I love that. That's deeply profound. He's inviting us. And for them in the ancient world, it, it was probably, I can't imagine how radical that was to to think of Yahweh, where they wouldn't even utter his name or write his name, write the name of God. It was this, you know, this stoic reverence of Yahweh. Yeah, to be like then Lord, said, Lord Voldemort. <laughs> he must. <laughs> the name that must not be named. All right. But that's the truth of it. And then all of a sudden, here's Jesus saying, Start your prayers like this, Abba. I'm like, yeah. what the freak? <laughs> you know? right. No wonder they strung him up, I guess, right? Eventually. But. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. So, if, if God is Father, then mm. we are kids, right? And so there is this reference, the first mention of God being father, we being kids, Israel being the kids is in Exodus chapter four, verses 22 to 23. He says, uh, then say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son. And I told you, let my son go so he may worship me, but you refuse to let him go. So I'll kill your firstborn son. And so this idea of sonship is very much at the heart of what it means to be a part of God's family. And so I think it's an important part. There is a rescuing God here that we're praying to as well. Yeah, I've been reading this book that actually you put me onto that. Um, what's it, Back to Eden or something like that. And she, the author talks about this, the family structure, the patriarchal structure of the Hebrew family and the Beteb, all centered around the patriarch in the center, the father, the Abba who was the source of inheritance, was the source of protection, was the source of blessing. And the family that spread out from this, from that center is just such a really cool picture of, of what God invites us to uh, that we lose if we don't see ourselves as a part of his family, as, a, as children. But again, as Westerners, you know, a lot of times our family picture is not that of ancient Hebrews, right? We're scattered all over the place and everybody takes care of themselves as soon as they can, you know, those kind of things. But this Beteb, the the patriarchal structure of the Hebrew family is this invitation back. It even kind of harkens to when Jesus says, behold, I'm going to prepare a place for you with many rooms, right? We think of this call to heaven is like these mansions, but what Jesus is even continuing there is saying, my children, I'm going to bring you back home to my Beteb, to my place of residence where my children will be gathered around me and I'll be providing for them. And just such beautiful metaphor in scripture that we need to connect with more deeply, I think. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So next up is our father who art in heaven, who's making art in heaven, right? (laughs) Yes. You were like full of like language today. Nah, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Who art in heaven. Yeah, so, like, what do you think he's trying to say here about heaven? I mean, he's saying that the Father's in heaven, but what does that that mean to us? What do you think? Well, I think it draws my heart and mind to this reality that he's bringing heaven here, right? Yep. And which is later in the prayer, but it's it's almost like this foreshadowing of the reality of the kingdom of God, like for for Jewish. But Jewish people had a different understanding of heaven than we do, right? In the ancient world, it wasn't you know, the afterlife even. Well, we don't have to get into all that. That would be another great episode of The Bible Says What. But 
we can't yeah, make I mean, a mistake of thinking we're, we think the same way either. You know? Yeah, heaven is God's space, right? So for the Jewish people, they believed it, you know, to a certain degree, they used the phrase the heavens to refer to the sky, uh, you know, the majesty of God, the stars and things like that, um, his, his uh, awesomeness. But oftentimes when they referred to heaven, it was God's space, which wasn't far away. It was as close as the air that we breathe. And mm-hmm. so God's not far away. Uh, Jesus is saying that God is as close as the air that we breathe. He's that yeah. close. That's that's where God is. He's right here, you know? Yeah. This inbreaking reality, too. You know, Jesus was telling them to be reminded of that truth that he was near, you know. And and I just love that as, as it foreshadows what, what the intention of you know, the Messiah, Jesus, God's son was meant to be this, this movement of from heaven down, you know, we've talked about that in past episodes, but we often make the mistake of thinking that God is interested in the reverse of getting me and my broken life back up to heaven. You know, a lot of my life lives is lived in that trajectory where God is pulling me up there. When in fact, God's doing the complete opposite thing. You know, he's, he's always moving in this from heaven down to earth trajectory that surprise it's surprising uh, frankly but also just the wonderful miracle of what God intends to do uh, through Jesus and in our lives so the last line is hallowed be thy name what is hallowed hallowed I've, I don't know <laughs> we, when we when we recited this last episode you remember I was saying like all the other you you said hallowed and I said holy and you said trespasses I said sins and yeah, it's, right. it's, it's it's funny we have this I don't know where hallowed comes from uh, I imagine it's an old English term of holy yeah um, hallowed ground or holy ground you know I yeah, know that'd be interesting to learn where that actually comes from for sure for sure. So it's really holy is your name, right? Holy is your name. It's almost gives a connotation. Uh, let us live in such a way to make your name holy, right? Mm. Help us to hallow your name. Help us to to live in such a way that the world knows that you are holy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting, interesting way. It's this we have the intimacy in our father. Uh, and we have this closeness in the heavens, as close as the air that we breathe. And then we have this holy separateness. It's this, it's kind of, it's kind of like a, uh, a strange, mysterious way to open the prayer. He's so close, but he's so different. He's loving and caring. He's Abba, but he's holy. And he's majestic. And he's awesome. You know, I also get the sense of proclamation here at the, the end of this first line. You know, how much of our, our life is meant to declare the glory of God. Um, and sometimes I think we make the mistake or we forget that that life and faith and relationship with God is more than just me receiving something from God. But it's it's really to be changed brought by, by being brought into the presence of God for the purposes of declaring the glory of God. You know, and the scriptures say, if we don't, even the rocks will cry out, you know, but I love that sense of proclamation here. Holy is your name. It challenges me in my own life is what I'm, what am I proclaiming? You know, we, sure. as we begin this prayer, what does my life proclaim? You know, am I yeah. proclaiming the holiness of God or 
I don't know if I want to talk about that now. But. Right, right. Well, you're going to go on sabbatical soon, so you can get right. it figured out then. Yeah, right. I got seven weeks to determine what my life has been proclaiming for the last, you know, 21 years of ministry. Yeah. So Jesus is teaching us how to pray, right? He's, this is the, he's teaching the disciples how to pray. And so one of the questions that I think comes to mind as we start is, are we teachable? Are, are, are we someone that is uh, willing to learn how to pray? I mean, even if we've been doing this prayer thing all our lives, are we willing today to learn how to pray anew? And Jesus opens up the lesson, the rabbi-disciple lesson with our Father um, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Are you teachable? I hope so. <laughs> are you a terrible student are you one of those kids in no. school who's like i'm not learning uh, anything i know it all uh, i can learn so much each day you know and I, I love that invitation of god to to remind us of that that truth you know that we don't have it figured out and i also love to and this is something i've connected with recently here in my faith journey is is how jesus um invites and this is something that jewish people would have been used to but this form of prayer you know I grew up in a church that was very you just prayed right you just said what came to mind and you talked to God because you know his personal relationship was was the focus and I've been drawn back into this idea of and the the Lord's prayer is the same way but this this connection to something that's if he has this feeling of being rooted you know a foundation where I'm not just saying willy-nilly whatever I want to say but I'm rooted in this this form that draws me into such. I mean, look, we've talked for what almost twenty minutes on like eight words, but it draws me into the foundation of who I am, whose I am, and what I believe. I think there's something deeply valuable that we can learn about being drawn into these ancient forms. You know what I'm saying? I, I think oh, yeah. it's a challenge for us as modern prayers. You know. Yeah, I mean, um, the spontaneity of prayer, you know, we just pray whatever comes to mind in our heart. But, you know, this prayer is a gift to, given to the disciples, given to us, and it's meant to be prayed. I mean, it's not meant to be just a model. It's meant to actually be prayed and said and recited. And, and there is something powerful about liturgy where we are being formed as we say it, maybe not. Uh, experiencing the change that we hope for immediately, but over a thousand days of praying the Lord's Prayer, over 5,000 days of praying the Lord's Prayer, we become more like uh, the one we're praying to than ourselves. Formational, right? Formational. Formational. You know, I've been thinking since we started this with our intro last week, it might be really cool to invite our listeners here at the end of each of our conversations. And I think it's these are inherently going to be a little shorter because we're breaking the prayer up into these smaller sections. But I thought it'd be cool, Paul, at just as our closing today for our conversation, for me and you to, and I'll say all the old uh, church words with you, <laughs> for me and you uh, just to say the Lord's Prayer together. And if you're a listener, I want to invite you to something just maybe it's uncomfortable. Wherever you are, maybe in your car listening, maybe you're in, at your desk, you know, maybe you're at home getting ready for bed or whatever, wherever you, you find yourself listening to this podcast. And I want to invite you, and I know Pastor Paul does as well, just to stop what you're doing and say this with us wherever you are and allow this ancient prayer to 
form something new in you. Would that be okay, Pastor Paul? Absolutely. We Let's can do, do that it. as our closing. Next next episode, we're going to be, what are we talking about next ex- episode? What's the next well, line? the next line, right? <laughs> <laughs> our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Oh, your, your kingdom, kingdom come. come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? Man, that's some good it's, stuff. I can't wait to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, all, right, all right, well, let's pray. Join with us. Our Father. Our Father who art who in, heaven, in heaven, hallowed be thy be your name. name. <laughs> thy your kingdom, kingdom come. come. Thy, thy will be done, done on earth, earth as, as it is in heaven. heaven. Give, us, Give this us this day our daily bread. bread and forgive, forgive us our trespasses. trespasses. As, as we, we forgive those who trespassed against, against us. us. And lead, and lead us, us not, not into temptation, temptation but, deliver but deliver us from, from evil. For yours is the kingdom, kingdom the, power, and the power, and the glory, and the glory forever. forever. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful mess. That's right. And you know what? God's <laughs> laughing at us right now. He He's is. like, my kids are just so silly. <laughs> they need more formation. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, this has been good, man. I mean, just having a nice conversation about the first line of the Lord's Prayer. So, you know what? This has been another interesting conversation, and we're so glad that you took the time to join us on. The Bible says What? We hope it has tickled your brains and stirred your soul and most of all connected you more deeply to Jesus. And we hope that you'll join us for another exciting episode on the Bible Says What podcast as we dig into the next line of the Lord's Prayer. I'm sure it's going to make us go, hmm. Yes, as we see the heavens come to earth. Yeah, it's going to be some kind of interesting, man. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. I'm Pastor Paul. And I'm Pastor John. We'll see you next time. Grace and the Bible says what? The Bible says what? The Bible says what? What does this Bible say? What? Say what? Say what? What does the Bible say? The Bible says what?